seems to me he's going to be a Jet. And that just blows my mind. <laughs> that blows my mind on two fronts. One, that Rodgers is willing to go to New York. And I hope, uh, man, do I obviously, he's a Jet. I hope this works out. I believe you asked about Aaron Rodgers. What's and going Dan on? Graziano and Rob Domofsky reported that a contingent of Jets officials is flying to meet with Aaron Rodgers. There's Rod a report out there this morning that he talked to the Jets yesterday. He could only do that if the Packers gave him permission. That would indicate that they've at least considered the possibility of him moving on somewhere else. So we'll see where that goes. The Jets, Derek Carr signs with the Saints. He was a fallback option for the Jets if they didn't get Aaron Rodgers. They've been locked in on trying to get Aaron Rodgers. And at this point, if he is moving on from Green Bay, they feel like the most obvious landing spot. Have I gotten you fired up enough? So what do you guys want to talk about? Weird or take off once again. Welcome to Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. As always, I am your party host, Joe Rivera. And along with me, as always, is my astute, educational, incredibly informative. He is just the most handsome person on the face of the planet. He is none other than the Jets lead scout. None other than Matt Slard, a.k.a. King Sliz. Sliz, say hello, my friend. Back at it like a bad habit, man. And man, is, was this the, the right time to jump in two feet? We got free agency going on. There, there's nothing going on in, in football right now, right? No, uh, I mean, no, no flight tracking by Jets Twitter. Maybe a little bit of, of stalking by uh, some some fans out in California. There, there's a lot going on right now, man. So you everything see, to do with collusion, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. We'll everybody, see. everybody talking about Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat, but little do people know, Sliz and I have been on a darkness retreat for the last two and a half months. So uh, we're, we're back at it, like you said, Sliz. And, and let's start right there. Let's just jump right into it with the runway rundown. And if you guys, you guys obviously listen to the intro, so what do you want to talk about? Right, Sliz? It's it's all, it's all painfully, painfully, begrudgingly. It is all about Aaron Rodgers, man. So all the reports coming out that Jets brass or, you know, at the time we're recording this podcast, Rodgers probably has them sipping a little bit of ayahuasca, maybe uh, stargazing out in the middle of, of California somewhere. What do, you, what do you make of this entire Aaron Rodgers situation here, Sliz? There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, I don't even know where to dive in, man. Uh, so I guess I know where I'll dive in. I will hold some L's is what I need to do formally on. I said Derek Carr wouldn't get cut. Derek Carr got cut. I still Ooh. think I still think the Raiders should have just toughed it out. I, I think they wished out there. And then um, everything with this Lamar Jackson thing, I thought Atlanta would for sure be in. They came out formally, said that they're not going to pursue Lamar Jackson. So. So I guess take every every uh, quarterback <laughs> take I have with a massive grain of salt because I'm uh, I'm I'm an O for two right now. You know, let's you know, so let's see, to your point real quick though, what's interesting and and you can kind of see what's materializing here. So <clears throat> on the on the Lamar Jackson situation, so not only did the 
Falcons come out and say, we're not pursuing him, but I'm pretty sure there's a report that says the commanders aren't pursuing them. And there's another team not pursuing him. So, so yeah, at, at the time of this, I think it's five total and granted, right. two of them, I, I don't think they need to formally say anything. I think it was very obvious. They weren't. So right. um, Miami who actually can't pursue, they can't because they don't have a first draft. Pick. Right. Right. And, and I don't think they would either way. And then the Raiders came out and I, I think the Raiders are in a super logical spot anyway. They already said right. they were out on Rogers. So those two came out and then Carolina and Atlanta are really the big two that surprised me. I think Washington with everything going on with Snyder and I, I that, that, that whole situation is just weird anyway, but Atlanta and Carolina really are surprising. Right. The, the thing is though, so it makes sense now if you're Baltimore why you would put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar because you say to yourself, well, who else is going to want to pursue this guy? Who's going to want to give him that fully guaranteed contract he wants? And apparently the market isn't as wide as Lamar maybe thought it was, but he'll end up somewhere. If not with Baltimore, we'll see. You know, the Jets are a viable landing landing spot for him, right? So we'll see how it works out. And, and that brings us back to Aaron Rodgers and, you know, it's weird, this entire situation to me, Sliz. And and Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat was much publicized. It actually, to be completely honest with you, of all the wonky stuff that this guy has done, this the whole darkness retreat thing kind of intrigues me. Like I, I feel like that's something I would attempt to do, to be honest with you. But folks got it a little bit with COVID of getting out and camping and like getting away and unplugging from things like there's probably some benefit to it. Right. Right. For sure. And, and not only that, but you know, he goes into the, he's there for the four days and then he comes back out and all of a sudden it's like, well, we thought he would have more clarity on the decision. And then he does the Aubrey Marcus podcast. And with Aubrey Marcus, he's there for an hour and 40 minutes explaining, Oh, well, I don't have a decision yet. Which is like, and I listened to the thing and and his whole thing was, well, the idea of retirement was scary and maybe the idea of playing didn't intrigue me. But now I think there are two great options and retirement and continuing to, well, whatever, dude, just make a decision. Like, I'm, I'm done with all this. But uh, what what do you make of this entire situation and the Jets' pursuit of, of Roger Sliz? How do you think this whole thing ends up? Yeah, so I think foremost no one knows anything right like right with the combine and i feel like every day there's a different narrative of like oh i i'm hearing that the packers want to get rid of rogers and then the next day you hear oh i'm, I'm hearing that rogers is for sure going back to the packers and then you hear from Schefter, oh well basically we're people are having to convince him to not retire at this point right and then it's like well he he's obviously going to land with the jets it's just a matter of one and how much compensation it's like you're hearing literally it's just every every angle is covered every angle is covered right? so someone's going to be able to say yeah i got it right but i don't i don't know if it's just sheer luck or what but i guess foremost man like the pursuit of aaron rodgers is a good one for the Jets. I, I want to put that out there. I did a whole synopsis. I wrote up every quarterback option in the Discord and, and blasted it out when we were having kind of discussions. Aaron's at the top of my list. He was ahead of Carr. He's ahead of even Lamar for me, which we'll, we'll get to that whole situation in a bit. Um, I, I think it's, and, and clearly our owner, for, for better or worse, is seems hell-bent on making that happen and getting Aaron Rodgers, right? 
I, I, I understand the age concerns. I understand the, the concerns about his season last year. And if there's a downtrend there, um, but ultimately, man, I think last year, I think there's a ton of context behind that outlier year. I think he had the the injured finger. His wider, his pass catcher group was bad, and it was injured all year. Um, I I think that kind of in a Brady like fashion, I think he'll he'll rejuvenate. I think he'll he'll come back better than he was last year. I don't. He's probably not MVP level anymore, but he's certainly still a top, certainly a top 10 guy. I think he's certainly a lot better than a Derek Carr type guy. Um, I think in general, I don't think the compensation is going to be as much as people think it'll be to acquire him. I I know two first is kind of floated around as like a benchmark. And I I don't think it comes near that. Um, I think it's closer probably to two day two picks. Um, And, and in general, like, Sure, it's going to be a short two-year window, but I, I think with Rodgers, and we saw it with, with even the Sanchez ro- rosters, we'll get ring chasers. It gives, and, and I tweeted this too, it gives us organizational clarity on what we need to do. Um, I think a lot of these options, you kind of get stuck in a middle ground of trying to tread the tread the line of pushing all in versus keeping your future in mind. I think with Rodgers, it's hey, we know we have a two-year window. You push all in, and you may and you you figure it out in year three and beyond, right? I think with a Derek Carr, you always have to kind of navigate that, and I don't think you ever get good enough to actually make the push to get over the hump, especially in a crowded AFC, man, in a very very difficult AFC where quarterback play is king in the AFC. So all that said, I think Rodgers is the right option for us. I think our staff our front office our brass prioritizing him is the right move right now and ultimately we'll know what's going to happen there before free agency begins this doesn't prevent us from being in on lamar if we choose choose to go that route it doesn't prevent a jimmy g it doesn't prevent even a a Tannehill pursuit even though their gm said he's he's probably off the table like the only option that we lost out on is Derek carr and I'm I'm not all too confident Carr was coming here anyway. And you saw a lot of reports, just the whole reporting around Carr was weird, right? Where after he signed, it was kind of all the reports were like, oh, it never seemed like he was the right marriage for the Jets anyway. They already basically, he already worked out con- a contract and and with New Orleans even prior to being cut. Um, I don't know. I, he's the only option we lost, hypothetically lost out on. And I, I don't think that was a bad option to lose out on. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing about Carr. The last report that came out, I think it was on Sunday, that said, oh, well, Carr's slight lean is towards the Jets with Carolina and and New Orleans still in it, but not. Listen, that is classic agent putting something out to reporter to put pressure on teams to try and make it seem like, listen, and I know that th- there's always this big misconception that the media controls so much of what happens, you know, like media pressure or what the Jets beat forces the team to make certain like that's all nonsense. Like that's stupid. And if the media does sway your team to do something, then you have the wrong people in charge. But that's just the classic. Oh, well, Derek Carr is is clearly zeroing in and he's trying to to make to get as much money to get these offers out as as high as he can. So Ultimately, I liked Carr as a as an idea. Like I, I, I did. I was coming around to the idea to it. In, in a normal and, off season, he'd be a great person, right. right? And I, and I said, and I've said this before. Like, if your bar is Jimmy Garoppolo, 
because you you want to go that San Francisco route of okay, well, if you get quarterback play that can execute the offense and rely really lean on your defense and maybe make deep run deep runs into the playoffs, which is what the 49ers have done with Garoppolo. Carr is a better player than Garoppolo is, in my opinion. I, I don't think he's more durable. He's got the bigger arm. He's just the better player all around. So, so I I don't think it was a it was. I think he was definitely my option B. I still think Rodgers is my option A. Because, like you said, Sliz, number one, you you essentially have a two year window. You know, you're not you're not plucking yourself to this guy for beyond beyond two years. So that's part of it. The other part of it is. And I know, and we'll get to Zach in a second, but the other part of it is I do think at least the feel I get is that the organization still does believe in Zach to some point. I know that Salah said the other day, whether Zach, whether Zach improves his game here or somewhere else, which is like the first time that someone with the organization has pretty much said his future might not be here, which is interesting, but the idea, I think, is, well, you get one year from Rodgers. He's probably going to retire if he's in another year. If he's this close, if he's this 50-50, I'm making a decision now. And you hope that Zach Wilson removes his head from his ass and learns something from Rodgers the year that he was here. And maybe if you feel confident in him in, in a year three or year four, maybe it's kind of like a wait and see approach type deal. And if he stinks then you let him go and you move on. Right. Um, I don't think the fifth year option is going to be on the table for him either way. So I just, it, the, the whole, the whole situation is interesting to me. Um, I do think that, like you said, it's going to be, it's going to be two day two picks. I don't think a first round pick is going to be on the table. And if it is, it's going to be conditional, like heavy, heavy. Like if he plays, you know, if he decides to play, then, you know, you bump that up to whatever pick, whatever pick it is. But if you're worried about giving up next year's one, theoretically with Rodgers, with the way the team played this year, it's going to be a late one anyway. So you won't have to worry about too much about it. So I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I, 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 this whole situation is, is kind of strange. It kind of feels like there's momentum towards the Jets. We'll see how it works out. It, it, it does. And maybe it's just the fan in me, but I, I think Green Bay is done with Rodgers. And I think it's prudent for them to be done with Rodgers. They have to know what they have in Jordan Love. They need to get that cap hit off their books. It, it's time for them to move on. And, and I'm sure they don't want to go through this again next year, right? Right. Um, it really feels like the Jets are retirement. Um, like you said, I and, and with that and with the acknowledgement, like there's no there's no dark horse team here. Right. I, I don't I don't think there there's I know the Raiders were like a hot prop on in Vegas for a while. Um Vegas is there to make money. That so right. everyone that that took the bait on the Devontae Adams quote and and hopped in on odds only for them to a week later say that they're not pursuing Rodgers like you right. you can't use odd you can use odds I think with like game predictions and trying to get a feel like Vegas will have some, some insight with injuries and that type of stuff, this stuff, man, it it's their narrative fishing to make money is, is right. so much of it. But I, I don't think there's a true dark horse in this discussion. I think it's retirement or I think it's the jets. And with that, I, I don't think green Bay has a ton of leverage here. I, they, they can't bend us over a barrel for, ultimate premium there's no team to bid against i i think we'll find a good middle ground in terms of compensation like you said i think it gets heavily conditioned 
lots of conditions based on playtime, based on playing in 2024, so on and so forth. Ultimately, the cap hit's not bad. And and I know people want the younger options because of the longevity. And that's a that's a two way that's a, a double sided blade or double sided knife there. Like having having a quarterback on a long contract, and you're seeing it right now with Ryan Tannehill that can hurt you with lack of flexibility in the future. If either there's an injury or that guy proves just hits a ceiling, right? You hit a ceiling with that guy. And that was always the fear with like a Derek Carr type option. That's the fear in a, in a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson package, Lamar package, right? Where injury set in, um, he just hits a ceiling and and he's just that guy. And kind of what you're seeing with Kyler Murray, it almost feels like right after that contract extension, where you just hit a ceiling and then you you're stuck and you're stuck for two to three years. Not you have a quick easy out and can can you know you can get a new GM in there, you can shift gear and you can move on to the next thing. Yeah. So there there is like a short window has downsides, absolutely. A long window. If it's not a guy with that sort of upside, also has a whole lot of whole lot of issues with it too. So I just want to get that out there. And ultimately, his cap hits aren't bad. It's bad in 2025, which is kind of like that last dead year. But even then, you're expecting the cap to go up. You're expecting the TV deals to kick in, and you can post June one. You you can you can work it. I I don't think that's a big barrier to us. And at that point, we probably have a new rookie QB anyway. Um. So it becomes a non-issue ultimately. You see it with the Saints year over year. Um, I, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, and and you know, Sliz, and I'm I'm going to apologize for putting this out into the ether, but what I'm most scared about, what 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 scares me the most, is let's say we get to August, and everything's going fine. You think over the summer, and Joe Douglas has done a good job this off season. And you're really feeling good. And then Aaron Rodgers wakes up one day and he just decides, you know what? This ain't for me. I don't know why. I just get the sinking feeling that he would just be the type of dude to just hang him up at the most inconvenient time. In- Andrew Luck and, style. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The, yeah, man. And the thing that scares me is that so Adam Schefter reported, and I know that Rogers has said some rude things about Adam Schefter, which you know is fine because sometimes Schefter deserves it. But Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers said, or Adam Schefter reported on Aaron Rodgers and said, "Well, there was a school of thought." Was his quote? There's a school of thought that Rodgers was going to retire at this point last week, within the last week, and that Jets brass has essentially flew over to make their sales pitch to get him to not retire, right? That scares me. That's like a dangerous game to play because I want a dude that's like bought in. I don't want a guy who's cashing his last check, going through the motions, you know. And and on the other hand, maybe that it could be a cathartic experience in that he goes to New York, he goes to the Jets, and you know, he's just playing loose and free and he knows it's his last year and he's trying to get these guys a Super Bowl and and, and he's figuring out the the New York nightlife drug scene, whatever he's doing, whatever it is that Aaron Rodgers does, right? But when when I hear reports saying that, okay, that maybe retirement is is actually serious and like more than 50-50 and Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are working their wordsmith action and trying to say, dude, we need you to come to New York. We, that scares me 
a little bit, but I guess, you know, when, when it comes down to it, it's how bought he, how bought in he is when it comes to training camp and, you know, preseason and, and how much he buys into this team and not just cashing a check to cash a check. So I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of scary hours to be honest. Yeah. It's tough. Cause he's totally the type of dude to do things just to spite the reporters and, and that right. sort of thing to set his own narrative. Uh, I, I would think coming to New York would help him with his brand and getting him basically just jerking the whole media around for forever. I don't know. Um, you wonder how much of his uh, his apparent like it almost feels like apathy right now just for football. It's like how much of that was just how his past couple of years in Green Bay have played out, trading away Devontae Adams, not really giving him weapons drafting Jordan love to begin with. Right. It, that's kind of all where it started. Right. Of, of not giving him the tools he needed to be successful. Um, you know, I don't know how much of that is stuff where, Hey, we can sell him. Hey, we're going to go all in on you in two years. We're going to give you as much as we can to, for you to work with. And, and we'll, we'll figure it out. Right. I think Nathaniel Hackett has to be probably, he has to be a plus in those conversations. Right. That's not why we hire him, but this is maybe, this is where the silver lining comes into play. Right. He's the closer. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. It feels like if we can't get it done, he's not going to play football. Right. And, and that's honestly the doomsday is Rogers retiring. Right. If he goes back to green Bay, then at least hypothetically loves available. There's, there's options to work him retiring is that it's one less QB on the market, which is a bad thing for us as a QB needy team without, without being in strike distance of a rookie. Jacoby Brissett, you are a New York jet. Just yep. say it. Just believe it. Just hey, feel it. He was like a top ten and PFF passer this just, year. Just feel Next it, to Andy man. Dalton. Just feel it. I. It just feels like I don't know. That's the doomer in me. I, that's the run doomer in me. I can't go there. That's the run. <laughs> Twitter takes doom in me. I and I'm just. I can't. I can't. Uh. So we'll see how it plays out. So let's, um. We should have an. I feel like we should have an answer by the end of the week. Yeah. I mean. You have to, right? You, you, we, I, I am sure if we, we being the Jets and Joe Douglas, it's the responsible thing. If we don't have an answer by Monday, which is the legal tampering start for free agency, you have to move on. You cannot hold your roster hostage, um, without having anything locked in, right? And, and maybe that is, hey, come Monday, or, or I guess I think we have to wait till Wednesday. We're putting in that offer sheet for Lamar. Right. And and maybe that's maybe that's the plan B. Maybe it's, hey, we got Jimmy on the phone and he's just going to sit tight because he wants to play here. Right. Maybe that's the plan B. Um, there there are a couple pivots. I, I don't think they're nearly as good as just Landon Rogers and, and kicking cap down the road and going all in and hoping to get our, our LT and Jason Taylor type vets signing with us to chase a ring. Right. But yeah, we'll 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 know. We'll know by Monday where we're going. Hey, Lamar Jackson's not a terrible plan B. It's just it's it's not. Um, it's just it's, the contract. The contract is scary. Well, well, we can we can pivot right into that, right? Because that's you know we're recording Tuesday evening. That's the hot topic, right? They just right. slapped the non-exclusive tag, which which and and it's I think it's very apparent. There's a bunch of things going on. Um. Lamar, the the Deshaun Watson contract and that whole situation just ruined negotiations. And and fair or not to Lamar, I don't think he's the right guy 
to be the banner man for the players on this discussion. I think there's so much context around him individually, around injuries, around play style. Um, just this past couple of years, I, I think him not being represented by an agent, I think does hurt him. And I know, I know that people say that's overplayed, but I think it hurts him specifically given this context because he's having the NFL players association involved and in, in giving him advice and guidance. And this has turned into an owners versus NFL PA battle when it shouldn't have been it. it, right. it, Lamar, it Lamar is getting sucked into a middle of a war that he shouldn't have been in the middle of. And, and it's, it's on him for not having an agent, but it, it's just an, un, an unforeseen consequence of that, that there is from the owner's perspective. And honestly, as, as fans, fully guaranteed contracts for for a fan of the New York Jets. I'd rather my team not have fully guaranteed contracts because that's how you get Tremaine Johnson's. And of course, there's if everything went fully guaranteed, there's a market correction there. Deals are probably shorter. Deals probably maybe have a little bit less to them. But ultimately, owners and, and fans of teams shouldn't want to have to ha- bag hold bad contracts and bad players. Right. And then you end up getting into like an NBA style. You're, you're doing salary dumps and right. I, I don't think anyone likes that. No. Um, so there, there's like that whole facet of it. Um, I guess at its core teams can offer sheet Lamar Jackson. So as he is right now, he's basically like a, a tendered restricted free agent. Right. So they tagged him for, I think it's 32 million is the non-exclusive tag and he can negotiate with any team. Um, the said team. So like the jets, if we wanted to negotiate with Lamar, we come to terms on a contract and then Baltimore has right of first refusal. They can either match it and then Lamar signs it and then they're off running. So they basically outsource their negotiations, which from Baltimore's point of view, I think they've gone as far in negotiations as they can go. Um, the reported contract offers on their end weren't bad. They were they they were seemingly in the range, and this was before last season, seemingly in the range of the Russ and Kyler extensions, which which is fair, right? Um, if they don't match it, then whatever team Lamar does sign with yields two picks, right? Which is cheap for Lamar if you're looking at a Russ package or a Deshaun Watson package. Yep. What those two guys yielded, right? So where where it gets messy is that so there's a five-day window that baltimore has to review it so timing is of the essence especially because you can't get the offer made officially until the beginning of the free agency which is the 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 wednesday right so you're you're potentially risking the first week of free agency kind of with this big cap hold and unknown the second is like for the Jets, if that's our plan B and we offer sheet and then we get to the 20th in Baltimore, I assume Baltimore is going to match any offer that's made. And there's a pretty good chance that they've probably made that known in owners meetings, probably at the combine with other GMs. Um, and then specifically to the Jets, JD's from the Baltimore organization. Him and DeCasa have a relationship. I'm sure there's some level of respect understanding i i can't see jd hardballing with the costa over this and i think if we do we're going to come up short and empty-handed and then just basically put our put our search back a week so i think that's probably a factor for some teams um ultimately if we could get lamar jackson even at a risky contract and and i think 
I think anything that commits you over the more than three years is risky. Just we haven't seen that play style age at all. Um, and and Lamar's not the poster child right now based on his past two seasons to to show he's gonna buck the trend. But yeah, I, I think there's some teams I'm shocked aren't in there. And I, you know, I, I threw out collusion. I think there is some, like I said, ownership. NFL owners versus NFL PA and, and hating what happened with the Deshaun Watson situation and not wanting it to continue to, to snowball in that direction. I think that that seems viable when you don't see an Atlanta who was fully in on giving Watson that guaranteed contract and trading more when they're not, when they're publicly saying that they're not even going to talk to him, It, it does, it does, uh, Seem a little fishy. <laughs> if you if your team says, let me ask this question because I've seen this take out there, and I'm not sure if I agree with it. But if you're a team who's signing Lamar to that offer sheet, why wouldn't you make that contract the most toxic poison pill you possibly can? Like that, Baltimore wouldn't even want to touch it. So you can, but then you all, so there's two things. A, you need to reap what you sow. Right. So if you're giving them a ridiculous contract, you're stuck with that too, right? <laughs> so that, that that's part, you know, it's kind of the game of chicken. You don't want to take it too far and get stuck bag holding. Um two, I really don't think I think Atlanta realistically is the only team that can actually do that. I think they're the only team with the cap space and the flexibility to properly front load a contract that would make it impo- near impossible for Baltimore to bend over backwards to make it work. And even then, if you're front-loading like that, you're setting yourself up in two, three years when that money runs dry to go through this exact same thing. And Lamar hasn't really earned, garnered himself any goodwill of being easy to negotiate with, right? So I I don't think that's a realistic option. Um, Atlanta's the only one that can do it and and they don't seem interested even though they I, they should be. I've, I've been waving the flag for Lamar to Atlanta for it's, months now and that whole situ- the whole situation is just weird. It is. Like you said it, it like Lamar has has been sucked into this NFL NFLPA. NFL owners don't want to give up that guaranteed deal. Teams are saying they're out. It's just it's ugly. It's ugly right now. Um, and, well, and, you know, we, we'd be remissless to mention, and we don't really get on this side of things too, but we'd be remiss to, to not mention that he's also a black quarterback, right? And and that plays into this too, because we've seen the way that the league has treated black quarterbacks in the past. Uh, and and the fact that he is in this situation without an agent, um, it, it doesn't reflect well on the league, everything that's happening with Brian Flores and Listen, there are legitimate football reasons to have your preferences for Lamar Jackson or not, but this is just another one of those situations that it's not going to – there's going to be a lot of people saying bringing the race card into it, there, and and whether there are people who are make good points about it and make bad points about it, but um, it's it's just another facet of the whole thing that's just it's, – it's an ugly – it's an ugly situation unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you you said <laughs> added the cherry on top, and I don't think there's any nuanced way around it either, no. right? And and no, and you don't, you you never know how much you, you're never gonna get the 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 tea on any of this, right? right? You're never gonna know what the main driver is. Um, people are gonna attribute different things to, to different levels. I, I think it's all it's all relevant. 
Yeah. I think at the at the biggest thing, I think Lamar is paying for the sins of the Deshaun Watson contract and situation right. that never should have happened in the first place, right? Yeah. If that yeah. doesn't happen, Lamar's probably signed to a similar deal to what Kyler just got or Rush just got, and and we're all dumb and happy and moving on with life, yeah. right? Yeah. U- ultimately, I don't think the Jets are in for a litany of reasons. Even though at, at only two first, it would probably be a good plan B. I just don't think we can hold ourselves hostage like that. And I don't think, I think it's a losing move if we, in terms of, I think we'd commit and then Baltimore would just match and then we're, we're we just burn a week. I think that's yeah. all that, all that results there. And I think Baltimore knows that, right? Right. People have said, well, they're, they're giving up their, their ability to own the trade package. They, they don't want to trade Lamar. I, I truly believe that they don't want to trade Lamar. They brought in Munkin. They, they just want him at to their, him. They want him at their right price, man. Right. That's what they want. That's Which, what they want. And and if there's a dude that's gonna totally veer from that, it's not JD either, right? He's been right. so I'm getting my guys at my price. So it is what it is, man. Well, we'll see. It's it's fascinating to see play out, and and surely it's gonna have big implications on the league in the long term in the next CBA and, and beyond. So we go from a quarterback who's trying to get paid. To a quarterback who got paid, Sliz, and that is Daniel Jones, who will forego the Daniel the Danny Dimes moniker and go strictly to Danny Dollars. And Sliz, he signed a four-year, $160 million contract with the ability to make another $35 million on top of that, right at the buzzer of the tag deadline. $82 million in the first two years. So it's essentially a two-year deal. Sliz, I, I want to choose my words very carefully here because I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. Am I, am I wrong for thinking this isn't horrible? Like the money is kind of, is very jarring, right? He ended up getting the $40 million he wanted, you know, he said he wanted more than 45, whatever it is, but at two years, I mean, it, it's not terrible, right? It's it's really not. It's not the worst thing in the face of the planet. It's not. It's uh, I'm refreshing like crazy. I really want to see the the contract structure on this and the payout schedule. That it had a year one cap hit of only nineteen million, which mm-hmm. tells me a, there's a good deal of signing bonus that probably spreads right. it over the four years. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I don't like it. I feel like Daniel Jones is the poster child for the franchise tag. Like he he should have been non-exclusive tagged right alongside Lamar Jackson. No one's going to pay two firsts to go steal Daniel Jones from him. And, And even if someone did, I think whatever contract they end up matching is probably similar or less than this. Right. I feel like he, him needing to prove that he can do it again. I don't I think is a worth risk worth taking and maybe right. you lose some dollars long term, but I, I I rushing to pay him and and there's been a whole lot of conversation. I know I, I drive a lot of it. I know the chimp small chimps of the world drive a lot of it in Discord of like the the middle class quarterbacks and and, and it was a lot of the discussion around Derek Carr, right? And do you have a ceiling with the, these types of quarterbacks, especially once you pay them, right? Middle-class quarterbacks, and that'd be a, a Kirk Cousins type. That'd be early Andy Dalton type, right? When they're on rookie deals, you can compete with those guys. Once you pay them and they're getting top 10 quarterback money, 
it becomes very, very difficult without superb drafting to get over that hump. And I feel like this is in the long term a losing move for the Giants. I agree. I, I, him get I think both him and Gino, I think, got less than expected. They're both in probably the Derek Carr, Carr ballpark, which is which is good, I think. Like those guys all being within shooting distance of each other is what you'd expect. Um it's a jarring number. And and Daniel Jones is part of a crop. Um I'd put Jalen Hurts in there. I'd put Kyler Murray in there. I'd put Lamar Jackson in there. Right. And Daniel Jones gets forgotten in that discussion. I'd put Justin Fields in there too, of kind of the run heavy QBs. And and it has to do with skin color. I think it's easy to to remove Daniel Jones from that conversation. But he mm. is um, I'll say he he's he's pretty much what Justin Fields is at the moment, right? Like low lots of I'll say he's the the more gun shy version of, of Fields, or at least he was this last year in the Dable scheme, right? Of He's not going to make a ton of plays with his arm. He's going to have a lot of turnover-worthy plays. He's going to take sacks. He's going to make a lot of plays with his legs. Um, Jones is going to execute the offense short game a little bit better. Fields is going to win long game a little bit better. But that whole grouping, I think it's, it's such like a pivotal time in the football era of like really seeing what what the life cycle of a running dominant quarterback is. And I know every single dude I just named, they, they all have their different flavors, right? Lamar's a lot leaner, super athletic, has a dynamic arm downfield. I know Kyler Murray, shorter, stockier, a lot of out of the pocket, not necessarily rushing, but a lot of, of off script type stuff. Josh Allen, you could throw in there too. And and just how long can he survive as a, as a guy who has this rushing in his repertoire? Is he going to break down like a Cam Newton, right? And I think it really will I think we'll learn a lot I think we've learned and I've learned um with the Jalen Hurts situation when you have those guys on rookie deals you can really compete and you can get splash and you can they can perform above their weight class with that rushing dynamic when you're paying them and they start breaking down and losing that athleticism that that's the big question and that will reflect a lot in how these contract negotiations go and that that's a lot of what's going on in the Lamar contract I'll tell you this about Daniel Jones, and it's funny to me. I understand the Giants are in an organization that will actively tank, right? And and I think that tanking is is you know, I think it's a stretch to say tanking. Players don't tank, organizations tank. I get that, but when Joe Douglas came in and he gave Darnold his last year and he shipped Darnold off, we all thought it was the right move because it was it was pie in the sky that he was ever going to get good. With this team, it was pretty apparent. All the tapes said that he wasn't going to be good. He went to Carolina. He had two good games, two and a half good games, and like a semi-decent run at the end of this past season before, you know, whatever happened. And we all knew that Joe Douglas had made the right move, independent of the Zach Wilson thing, or, or taking Zach Wilson, because that the Jets needed the quarterback either way. Those are two completely different conversations, right? The Giants had an opportunity to move on from Daniel Jones before this year. And I think exactly what happened with Jones was the nightmare scenario for them in that he plays just good enough to make you think that maybe he's a long-term answer and he holds them over a barrel and he gets the $40 million he was looking for, right? And now what's going to happen is 
they're going to get a full assortment of skill skill position players back next year. We'll see Sterling Shepard what happens with him. I'm pretty sure he's under contract and he's coming back from the ACL. But uh, Wandale Robinson, they'll address wide receiver in the draft. I'm sure of it. They'll probably figure that out during free agency and they have their own cap problems to, to navigate. But you're hoping that the Daniel Jones you saw this year is only a, a quarter of what he might be next year and the year beyond that. Because when you're, if not, and he plays mid, then he takes you out of striking range for a quarterback in the next couple drafts. And then you're left figuring out, okay, what do we do from here? Right. And, and this is the worst spot to be in as an, as an NFL team, because you want to know if you have the guy or you don't have the guy, the jets figured out pretty quick that Zach Wilson wasn't the guy. And now they're executing a different position at, at a different, uh, a different plan at quarterback. And with the Giants, now they almost have to fool themselves into thinking that Daniel Jones is a franchise passer. And that's what they did with this. And not only that, but then they franchise Saquon, which mean, which tells me that they're going to give this guy, they're either going to, he's going to play out the year on the tag, which I don't think is going to happen, but they're going to pay this guy now too. They, and they hit, they hit the crossroads of like, like doomsday stuck in purgatory yes. bingo. Yes. where they have a middling QB that they felt they had to pay and they had a running back that they didn't want to give a second contract to but might be forced to just based on the season they had and overperforming. And, and it could age well, man. Like Daniel I mean, sure. is young. He could continue to improve, especially with an improved revamped wide receiver room. Maybe it opens up and, and he takes a leap. But it it like this, this just smells like and and we've seen it time and time again where teams just get stuck making these moves. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I just it's funny because I really thought and listen Joe Shane has his work cut out for him because they're going to have the Giants are going to have a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. And they're going to have to get good in a hurry with Jones under under center. They're just that's just the fact of the matter. They're going to have to get good in a hurry. So, I don't know, man. It's just if I'm a Giants fan, like I'm happy with the year that they had, but I can't say I'm happy with the decision to to not just franchise tag to not just franchise tag Jones. Because you franchise like you mentioned, Sliz, you franchise tag him, you give him one year with a new skill position group, and you see what he can do. And I know a lot of people are pointing to, oh, he only had 15 touchdowns. But yeah, I mean, he's thrown to Isaiah Hodges like towards the end of it. Like, let's and and I know that he played played pretty well for them, but let's get real about their situation too, out wide. I mean, trading Kadarius Tony was a stupid decision to make in and of itself, if we're being totally honest. But I, I don't know, man. It's just it none of it, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense to me. But I don't think it was as bad. I don't think it was as bad, but is a terrible like move moving forward. Like, thank God they didn't give him 45, you know? And there were reports that said he wanted 48, you know, whatever it was. Thank God they didn't go there. But I, I really thought that Joe Shane would have drawn that line in the sand and not crossed it. But it also helps put the whole Aaron Rodgers cost in context too. You're getting yeah. Aaron Rodgers on the cap sheet in 2023 and 2024, less than what the Giants are paying a Daniel Jones type, right? That's the right. cost of QBing in the modern NFL if you're if you're paying a vet. So yep. uh, I mean you have to you have to pay draft capital to get him here, but ultimately you're you're it's not like we're paying and then also paying a Deshaun Watson contract where it's 40 million a year or something, right? Like it it'll it'll work itself out. Yep. All right, so let's, let's take a look ahead. This is the flight plan. So new league year starts next Wednesday. 
Uh, free agency tampering period obviously starts on Monday, so everybody can start negotiating their contracts, and hopefully we don't get another Anthony Barr situation. Um, what are your what's your early feel on free agency? What do you see the Jets kind of how how are they maneuvering with the cap? Uh, what are some of the areas of of need that you think they can they can really put a dent in come next Wednesday? Yeah, so there there's obviously a bunch of things to watch, and of course, number one is how quickly is this Roger situation going to resolve? Either either way, the Jets are like almost net zero. We do need to clear some cap. Um, I think with, with if you go Rogers, yeah, you, you have to cut or restructure some major contracts, and I think we're going to do them anyway, right? The guys that are in the crosshairs are Carl Lawson is probably numero uno on the cut list. I know a lot of people would put Corey Davis there. I, I don't think he's number one on the cut list. I, I personally would like to see Corey Davis stay unless you're guaranteed to get a Lazard at a, a really a lesser discount value because he's fallen Aaron or something, right? Um, JFM, even a CJ Mosley, uh, Tyler Conklin, you have a um, Jordan Whitehead, all restructure candidates. I think you have someone like a Justin Hardy, who as solely a special teamer at nearly three mil, he's got to be in the discussion. Someone like a Bryce Hall, who got a performance boost, who's now close to three million, all that can be saved with cutter trade. Um, he's got to be, you know, his roster spot's not safe. Uh, there, there's a lot of those. T- Braxton Berrios is, it feels like he has to have played himself off the roster last year and and Zach being kind of out of the picture probably doesn't help him. Right. So there's a lot to, to be worked through there in terms of, and and those, those all need to happen within the week, right? We need to get those moves made before free agency. So we have that cap to spend and, and just in terms of being a good steward and Joe, Joe Douglas has generally done right by guys in terms of timing of things. Um, if he's going to cut them, he's going to do it before free agency. So those guys have a chance to get a bag. Right. So the, those are kind of the guys in the crosshairs. Um, if we trade for Rogers, I think the, like I said, the path is a lot clearer, you know, how much you need to clear and, and you, you probably pull every single one of those levers, you clear as much space as possible. And then you just, you, you augment as much as possible. Um, in terms of our own pending free agents, the, the big ones are on the offensive line, right? George Fant and, and Connor McGovern are walking, and Herbig and Feeney are also free agents. So you have pretty much all of our interior um, in terms of depth, <laughs> right? You have ABT and Lakin, but the, all of our interior depth's gone, and and then our tackle position's just in in consistent flux, right? We, we got the, the, the Dwayne Brown news, which I think is a positive it's better than kind of being this half in half out. And I think if he retires, you're in a tough spot, him getting the surgery and committing to playing, I do think is a benefit. It's essentially if the, the money, the new money is 5 million for a guy that can start for you. So that, I, that that's fine. I know there's some people are complaining we're, we're paying them 11 million, but it's 5 million in new money. Hey, but Kai Becton doesn't look too bad. Hey, he's posting the daily updates. Um, Lakin was getting in on the action with the tank, the workout updates, mm. man. Listen, it's it sucks to think that a decent amount, depending on what our capital is in day two, a decent amount of it's going to have to go through, go to depth. I, I think they're going to target a center in the draft. 
Um, I, I just, it's, it's uh, Caleb and Gary's a free agent. I don't, I don't see them paying, paying tackle money. I just don't. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, the, the room, the margin for error, the wiggle room that Douglas has, like he's got to hit on everything right on the offensive side of the ball defense is pretty set all things considered the defense like you feel good about the young pieces you hope Jermaine Johnson takes that next step forward we'll see how they address depth in the draft I mean obviously we got to figure out the linebacker spot but um defense is pretty set you feel good about some ancillary moves it's the offensive line man especially if you're bringing Rodgers in here if that's the if that's the end game then you can't let this guy get hit because we saw last year when he gets hurt, he's not the same player and he's going to be 39 turning 40 at the end of this year. I mean, it, it, guys, guys don't get younger and I know he could still sling that thing, but it's scary when you put older guys behind leaky offensive lines, you know? So a lot of work to be done. Well, so, so you touched on the big thing, right? And, and I think as just fans, we've, we have recalibrated, right? We didn't have the tankathon open in, in October, we 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 weren't doing mock drafts in in November, um, but we we have a league standard amount of capital, right? This is by far the least amount of capital JD's had to work with in an off season, and it's his roster at this point too, right? Like yep. you said, there, it's very workable. He has publicly said we we can we can make cap. We're in a good spot cap wise. We our our future years are very healthy. We can make cap space. But like you said, another another big contract like Lakin Tomlinson to get 2022 Lakin Tomlinson pay, play is not going to work this year, right? We we need to hit, and and you're never going to hit on everything, but it's also important to remember we're probably going to send at least a two in, in a Rodgers trade, I would imagine. Yep. That's one less kind of day one contributor that you'll be getting kind of for free, right? Um. I agree on defense. So defensive line. So at edge, I think we're very good, right? You assume JJ and Clemens are both going to take steps forward. JFM's a stud. Um, Bryce Huff will hopefully get more snaps. And you, in a perfect world, you augment that with a ring chaser edge, like a Carlos Dunlap, like a Leonard Floyd, like a Frank Clark, maybe who just got released. Right. Those types of guys are available and, and, those types of guys take ring tape chaser contracts in a rotational role. So I, I, edge is good defense interior. We got to get the Quinn extension done, obviously. Yep. Um, he's really the only guy under contract, but I'm not too worried about sorting through that. I think you can get guys fairly easily there too. Um, corners, pretty set safety. We got to get a joiner replacement is the biggest yep. thing. Um, and then linebacker Quincy's a free agent, Quant's a free agent. So we have we have a safety, a free safety, and a linebacker that we got to sort through. Everything else is pretty set. Like you so, said, it's, it's all offensive line, man. Yep, it's all day. It's, yep, yep. That's why that I hope they keep that one that one thirteen. They got to keep that pick because I think tackles on the table. I know Beckton is fighting hard, and listen, I know that he gets mocked a lot and. Rightfully so for some of the some of the Twitter antics, but it's nice to see him working hard and wanting to be a part of this team. Like I know that we we make a we tend to make a habit of being on the negative side and ripping these guys, but at the same at the same time, it's like I, I can't blame a guy. I can't get mad at a guy for wanting to get in shape and wanting to save his NFL career, basically. Um 
So we'll and, see. And I will say that's the upside of, of a veteran, whether it's Rodgers or not. I think you do get just like the vibe around the locker room. You feel what like the vibe was dead with Zach. Mm-hmm. They tried to make it work with Mike Hoy, but he he's just not that guy, right? And and getting a veteran, especially if it's an Aaron Rodgers, the whole energy changes, man. Like everyone's attitude and approach to every single day changes. So you you hope that pays off. Aaron Rodgers, if if he's the guy and and it feels like he is, should make your offensive line better too. Should make it should elevate everything on offense. You're looking at an Elijah Moore should be a lot right. more productive. You're looking at our tight end group should be a lot more productive. Um, the run game should continue to be productive once Brees is back. Um, you know, we will hopefully get some of those patented Aaron Rodgers draw guy offsides or get a 12 man on the field and you get a free play chucked down the field. Right. Which I, I, I can't, I can't even think of a time the jets have done that. <laughs> right. And like the de- last decade plus, I can't think of a single time. So you'll get, you'll get a lot of free wins just on the mental side with an Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think that I don't think you want to pair a rookie with them if you can avoid it. I think, going again to some of the apathy he has, I, I think that plays a part in him ha- having to deal with rookie O-linemen dealing with rookie wide receivers. I, I think that is a turnoff. So I think, I think that's something you have to address the center market and free agency. There are some options, um, but they'll, they'll dry up quick. Right. And a lot yeah. of those guys can just return to the same spot. They can't, they came from. So it, it, that's a market that if we're going to get a veteran, we have to be aggressive. At. So um, that I, that's the one spot that scares me. I feel like everywhere else you have some pretty reliable options and, and the roster is in a decent state outside of one position group. And it's yep. the position group where one leak weak link hurts you the most, right? Yep. It's not, you can have three studs. If you have one total bum, it, it's they're going to defenses will attack it and it'll hurt you every player. Yep. So we're not doing Geek of the Week this week, but a point that I did want to make, and this might come off as very leave Brittany alone, but Jets, the, the Jets players that are like openly lobbying for Aaron Rodgers, it I I understand like you hate Zach Wilson and you're pretty much treating as if Zach Wilson's not even on the roster, right? I get that, but can we not? Like it, it, it's just like, it sends such a weird message to me. Well, and all the like, reaction to Carr going to New Orleans too. Just like, right. um, I, it's just like I, I just there's something that just doesn't feel right about it. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, do I feel a little bit bad for Zach? Sure, I feel bad. I mean, it's his fault that he sucked ultimately, but and and he 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 should only focus on getting better and and being a better player and being a better teammate. I get that, but. I don't know. There's something weird about these guys essentially saying F you throwing up the middle finger to Zach. And and I understand it's Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff, but uh, can we cool it on the tweets a little bit? I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority there. Uh, maybe that comes off a little boomer, but no, man. I mean, when I said earlier, like with an Aaron Rodgers trade, you get organizational clarity. I think that is a big factor, right? If you go with Jimmy G route, if it's a one year, two year, even if you give him a three year, Jimmy G has not stayed healthy for how many years now, right? The Zach Wilson factor is a factor at that point. And it's it's probably not a it's probably not a positive when it comes to locker room, when it comes to performance, any of that, right? That's where Aaron Rodgers, especially year one, it's very obvious where the team's going, what they're doing. And a lot of that you can just shove to the background and it's a non-issue at that point. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Just a just a random aside. It just it 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 hits me the wrong way. I don't know. Um, so uh, Teutonic, one of our favorites on Jets Discord, uh, had an early offseason mock, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, what are some of the things you took from it, Sliz? Yeah, so we did in the NFL draft uh, Discord. There is basically you get fans sign up to GM their team, and you get a war room, right? So Teutonic ran ran the Jets. He was Joe Douglas for a week, and you get. Folks like George Orr was an agent, right? So he got a pool of players and negotiated on behalf of players. And it's not a perfect system, but it, it's pretty it's pretty darn good. And it's you know it's a bunch of draft nerds, a bunch of guys that spend way too much researching football. It's it's about a, as realistic as you're gonna get in a mock setup that's not involving like true NFL guys, right? And so in that we did do an Aaron Rodgers trade. We sent the 13th overall pick, which is probably rich, but I think that it was a good exercise in that you didn't have the crutch of having the 13th overall pick to fall back on. Um, so it's okay. Where, where do the chips stack? And I think you, while they're mocks, they're fake. It, it does shed light on some, some lessons that you can translate and look for that might play out in free agency. I already kind of alluded to the center one, right? If two or three centers go off the, go off the books real quick, if they resign back where they're at, that market dries up quick and you can bag hold really quick. And if the jets bag hold that center, we're almost, we're, you're pretty much forcing it early in the draft, which isn't a good spot to be at 13 too early. The mid second round is probably too late. So it's how are you then navigating the the draft board to get the guy that you want and need based on your win now roster. So so that's number one. Number two is if you're going to sign a tackle solution, right? If you're not relying on Dwayne Brown, Max Mitchell, and Mekhi Becton, you're going to have to pay up. We're gonna Why would you not? A lot of space, why why right? would you not? That sounds like a dream team right there. So, the, I mean, Mid-max. Not, not a surprise, but I mean, that's a spot that and in the entire offensive line depth in general, right? And I'll lump tackle into that. We need bodies. We we don't have a lot of bodies, right? Max Mitchell is the depth, and that's the only depth we have right now. I think AVT and his flexibility, as we saw last year, probably helps you maybe manufacture a, a roster spot and being able to go a little bit light. But but we do need guys on the offensive line. I think, especially assuming we're moving on from Barrios, punt returner, which, uh, yeah, I know punt return, who cares about punt return, but that becomes a, an important factor, right? That's something you either need a discount guy in the draft or you need to find like a Sterling Shepard type, um, you know, that, that tier of guy without over, you don't want to overpay, overextend yourself, but you do need to get, we need wide receivers in the room. I don't have confidence in Mims being on the roster beyond this year. Corey Davis, if he even makes it onto the roster, um, isn't probably going to be here beyond this year. You're going to have Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and nothing else beyond this year, right? So we need we need to get wide receivers in the room. Um, then the, the other big one is the linebacker market. I think they're – and for, safety market's the same as well. I think there's a ton of options out there, and I think that's also the spot that we can most easily address with day one starters in the draft. So I'm just very curious what our approach to those spots in particular is going to be. Um, I think 
I think it'll be very telling. I know Sala said he essentially wants to run it back with the same guys. That tells me we're probably keeping like a Jordan Whitehead. Um, whether or not we see Ashton Davis or, or Tony Adams as the heir apparent to LaMarcus Joyner is yet to be seen. Probably hope not. Um, you'd want someone with a little more upside there, but but we'll see. Um, and, and the Quincy Williams dynamic too, just with Quinn and being his brother and having the big contract negotiation, it'll be interesting to see that play yep. out. Yep. Um, I'd prefer not to pay him, but if you can get him at a middle middling contract, it, it's, it, it's probably fine. Um, I mean, those were the big observations, probably nothing earth shattering. Again, I really wanted to highlight the center and an offensive line issue. And I think you can get stuck. Um, if you hold too long at linebacker or hold too long at safety of then, then you have to force that need in the draft as well, which forcing need putting yourself in a situation to force needs, which Joe Douglas generally has tried to avoid. Um, but you never want to be in that situation. Yep. And, and like you mentioned before, Sliz, I mean, you're probably going to be operating with a little bit less draft capital if this, if this Rogers things happened. So a lot, a lot of questions to be answered. This is this is going to be a very busy offseason, um, and it's in a different way that it was busy from last year, like recent Joe Douglas free agencies, right? And that this is, and we say it every year, this is such a pivotal offseason for the team, blah, blah, blah. But I think this year more than ever, or more than at least the last four or five years, is a crucial offseason. Because this offseason determines how this Super Bowl window, this con- window of contention, we'll say, not just your, but the window of contention, how long it'll stay open, right? So a lot of work to be done, a lot of moves to be made, a lot of cuts to be made. A little nervous, a little scared. It'll be scared. fun. And ultimately, right, and, you know, every year is the most important year. <laughs> this year, this year, if we if we miss, you feel like we're going to clean house, right? And, and I think we talked about it before you, it's Woody's not going to say we have a planned playoff mandate, but man, if we don't make the playoffs outside of some heavily contextualized, you know, major injuries to three top guys, heads are going to roll, right? Joe knows it. Sala knows it. Woody certainly knows it. Like we, we gotta, we gotta win. You gotta put up or shut up. We're going into year four and a half of Joe Douglas. It's his roster, his vision. We, we have to, it has to come together. Yep. All right, so let's, let's bring it in for a landing. This is the landing strip. Uh, what's on your mind? It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah, man. I, lots on the mind, but I'll, I'll focus in on uh, getting a new poured patio and sidewalk put in. Nice. Really excited for that. It's a little bit of pain in the butt because it's not quite done yet, and I can't take the dog on it yet. So I've been having to walk him extra, and, and he doesn't quite understand what's going on, so he's been going nuts. But so it, it's coming in perfect time. It's been pretty warm for uh, February into March, so I'm hoping to get that set up, get get all the uh, outdoor furniture set up, and we'll be good to go for, for end of spring and summer, man. I'm I'm excited for it. Who doesn't like a big deck? Right? Yep. 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 Okay. Man, there there is something <laughs> that, like... So I, I had a paver patio before. It was put in by the previous owners. And mm-hmm. those those things are so untenable. Like, weeds just sprout out. I refinished the whole thing, like, two years ago. It lasted, like, two months, right? Yep. Like, there there's something... When you change your landscaping and get it the way you want it, it is very 
uh, there's something super relaxing about it. It just feels good that your whole mm. anxiety goes down. It, I'm I'm pumped for it, man. So so I'll tell you this. Here's, here's my I got a few I got a few landing strip thoughts. I only have one here, but I'll get to that. But so first, my crazy cat lady neighbor moved out. I live in an apartment here in New Jersey, and and we have a we had a crazy cat lady neighbor who was an interesting woman. She every day, every day. She wore the same clothes every day. It's like a like purple pants and like a tank top, like every day. Yeah, no yeah not not just jeans and a t-shirt, right? Like- no, like like a very specific, like you know, very. And I can picture it, like it's burned into my mind. And she always used to put cat food, which you know you're not supposed to feed the stray cats. And we have uh, a, I don't know what the term for cats are, a gaggle, a herd. Uh, a murder of cats? Well, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not a cat guy. I'm the, the wrong not, guy to ask. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, but we have a flock of cats in in this in this complex, and she always put the food under the cars. And my wife is not a cat person, and she always ended up putting it under my wife's car. And like, so I'm I'm really glad that the cat lady's gone. Very happy about this. With the cat lady being gone, her boyfriend. Uh, and their three cars are now gone from the parking lot, which I'm nice. very, very happy about. That's a win. Because they had one car that they used, which was like their beater, their drive everyday car. They had a van, which was like his work truck. And then they also had a Jetta, which he never drove. So, you know, this is a really stupid story. I'm, and I know listeners don't care, but I'm going to go on with it. So the guy's catalytic converter from his van was stolen. Uh, one night and it was a whole big thing and the cops come out and and woke me up in the middle of the night like a couple guys ran away stole it from right under his car right big thing so apparently he bought the jetta because he needed a work car and this is not like a rental it's not like a temp car not a loaner this guy straight up bought a jetta because he was apparently put on a wait list for the catalytic converter and then the catalytic converter the new one came in like a week later and then he never drove the jetta and that happened like six months ago seven months ago so the jetta has been sitting in the same spot to another point on cars in my complex which really bothers me our downstairs neighbor had a car that was parked in the front spot and it's been sitting there dead for four years just the bad it was like pre-covid the car has been sitting there and it's like it little like he's never moved it like there was a problem with the battery and now that car is finally gone which nice, I'm thrilled about. Man. So four parking spots have opened up Let's in Queens go. Gardens. That's party, very exciting. Party at JV's, man. He's got all yeah. the parking in the world. I got all the parking. I got all the parking you need. Um, so that's that's like my first landing strip thought because we haven't done these in a while, and I got a lot I need to get off my chest. Man, that that talking about like anxiety reducing, like that is big, right? That's just I one of those things you run into every single day, and it just even if it if it's like you got your spot, whatever, it's just like dude, it just bugs you, right? It just yeah. bugs you every time you see it. Every time, man, and it just drove me insane because like that car just hadn't moved, and it was legit in like the front spot right in front of our doors, and it never moved. It never moved for three, three, almost four years. Just absolutely absurd, absurd. But it's finally gone. They had a toad on Saturday. We got back. And the first thing I did was park in that damn spot. So I'm very happy about that. But it's nice to be able to come home to the apartment now and, and not see four cars there. Oh, yeah. Crowding up the parking lot. So my second thought is to, and everybody knows this. I'm a huge nerd. I'm a geek. I love comic books. I love all that superhero stuff. I love 
Just a reminder to support your local comic book shop. I don't know how close one is to you. Maybe it's nearby. Maybe it's 45 minutes away, wherever it may be. But I went this past weekend and the week before I went to two comic book stores, which I hadn't been to before that were actually nearby. And I found a lot of good stuff that I had actually been searching for at reasonable prices. So I was very, very happy about that. So uh, a reminder to to support your local comic book store. If you go out and you watch Ant-Man and Quantumania and you're a little bit curious about a little bit more, you know, maybe you want to buy an Ant-Man comic book. You know, maybe you want to sit down and read something. Go out and support your local comic stores. People are always nice. Uh, The comic industry has obviously taken a hit with the rise of digital. So the print stuff isn't what it used to be. But I, I have been to probably a dozen, two dozen comic book stores in my life. And everyone is always helpful. Everyone is always kind. And it's always a joy. So um, support your local comic book store, everybody. Support your local comic store. Support small business. I don't know. Have I gotten your opinion on the the James Gunn DCU slate, man? You haven't. Are you excited? Absolutely not. What? Oh, man. So here's the thing. Like... You you you're you're way more of a I'm not really a comic nerd. Okay, so right? like I grew up on on the cartoon Justice League and all that. Right, right. So so there's a few things here, Sliz, as we as we really take the show off the rails. But that's what the landing strip is for. So I love the Authority. The Authority is a great comic book. So I'm interested to see how that movie shakes out. What gets me is that he's doing a a Brave and the Bold movie. Now, I love Damian Wayne. Damian Wayne, Batman's Bruce Wayne's son. Yes, Bruce Wayne has a son. For those who don't know is one of my favorite characters in comics today. Uh, he eventually becomes Robin, who is the fourth, fourth and a half Robin, depending on how you look at Cassandra, Cassandra Kane, you know, whatever it is. But um, it's not Cassandra Kane, but one of the other, one of the other Robins. Um, so he becomes Robin. And apparently this is going to be the, the big uh, coming out party for all of the bat family. So you're going to have right. Nightwing in it. You're going to have, you know, I'm assuming Tim Drake's going to be in it, like a fully established Bat family. And that makes zero sense to me because what we learned from Justice League and Zack Snyder is that, you, and and to a point, what we learned with Marvel and their movies is that you can't just put these characters on screen and expect them to work. Like it's, that's just not the reason that you're so invested in the Avengers is because you're invested in Tony Stark's arc. You're invested in in Captain America's arc. You're invested in in Thor's arc, you know. So the reason that Endgame works is because you have all of these characters who you've seen through the years and you sit down, you watch these movies and they're out. But now you're just going to throw them on screen in a Batman Brave and the Bold movie and just be like, oh, well, here's Batman's son. And I'm like, I care about him because I like him as a character, but it's just a recipe for disaster. So. I don't know, man. I, I just like it's it's one of those things like it feels like they didn't really learn from the whole Zack Snyder build and and being disjointed. And on top of that, they're doing the new Batman movie and they're going to do a new casting for the new Batman movie. But they're still doing the Batman, too, which I'm very, very thankful for because the Batman was damn near perfect in many, many ways. But I don't know. I'm just I can't I can't get excited for it. Not until yeah. I actually see the movies. I don't know. That, that messaging weird. is tough, right? Where you have like multiple Batman movies that are right. linked to each other. But... Yeah. And if you're like if you're a comic fan, I mean, if you're just a fan of the comic book movies, which we know there are tons and tons and tons of them uh, and you don't you're not invested in the lore and you're just going like, oh, well, how does this fit in? How does this fit in? Which is like 
kind of a gift and a curse that Marvel did because now you're almost expecting everything to be connected in some way, shape, yeah, you're, or form. You're expecting a uh, post-credit scene. You're right. expecting like exactly. yeah, created all these expectations. Of you're conditioned to tie in. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. You're, you're conditioned. You're expecting now, so. some cameos. You're expecting some uh, fan right. servicey corny jokes. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, listen. I love comic books. I love comic book movies. I. I I hope it's good because when DC's when DC's right and DC's good, um, everything in comics and movies like it it just makes for better better product all around. It's good for the fans, right? Because when Batman is right, everybody loves Batman. We saw it with the Christopher Nolan movies. We didn't see it with Batman and Robin, right? So uh, we saw it with the Batman. We maybe didn't see it with Batman Forever, whatever the case may be. So a lot of work to be done. We'll see how it works out. I don't want to prejudge it, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. The, the the new DCU will go as the Green Lantern goes. And yes. I am pumped for that Lantern series. I know it's a series, not a movie, but I think it is interesting how he's like really attacking different genres and was like mm-hmm. very transparent about that. I'm, I'm curious because like Marvel does have some different flavors of movie, but a lot of them are it, it's become very formulaic. Right. right. I think getting a lot of diversity, I, I think that is a good approach. So we'll see where I it think goes. The man. Key, I'm excited. I love Green Lantern too, but that's another one. Um, we're gonna go listen. I don't have. I'm not gonna spend another <laughs> ten minutes on this. But the thing with Green Lantern is like you start with Hal Jordan. Like Hal Jordan is Earth's Green Lantern. He's the first one. He's a space cop. Yeah. And you build out from there. But now yeah. when you do this we're, Lantern we're jumping series, straight in, baby, you're just going right in, which is like awesome for me because I love Green Lantern. He's probably like you know the Green Lantern core, like my second or third favorite comic series or comic group. So, like that's that's excellent. But, um. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it works out. I just hope it's good. I just hope it's good. So, well, that'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. Obviously, you already found us, and thank you for sticking with us while we were while we were gone. Took our little vacation. You already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. As always, you can leave a five star review where applicable. You can find us on Twitter at Jet Fuel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. Sliz, where can the people find you on Twitter? Yep, at Sliz underscore NYJ. You can always send us an email at Jet Fuel Discord Podcast at gmail.com. And Sliz, how can the people join the Discord? Yep, hit us up at discord.gg slash NYJets. Honestly, if there's, and I've probably said this before, if there's a time to join, this is the time, right? We, we aggregate all the news, all the signings instant live reacts to everything um you know once free agency dust settles a little bit we'll get some mock drafts um going with yeah we'll pick teams we'll get joe signed up to be uh gm of the giants to save uh save him post daniel jones and he'll 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 do what he can do in the draft to help him out so um they're they're fun exercises you get i don't know it's just fun to work through that's a good time so there's a lot of bs out there in chat there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of there's a lot of BS out there, not in the Jet the Jets Discord and like the this time of year in NFL yeah. media, it's just a lot of nonsense from like if you want good analysis and like it's a weird place to get it from, but the Jets Discord has really good analysis when it comes to this stuff. So uh you should join us. You should join us. But that that'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel for Matt Slard. I am Joe Rivera, reminding you you can't take flight without Jet Fuel.